Hello and welcome to Finance, Energy and Beyond, brought to you by Stanbrook Consulting, a specialist recruitment consultancy for the finance and energy markets. I'm your host Jack Hopper and in this episode I'm joined by Monica Milares, Principal of Product at Big Pay. Monica talks us through her journey and shares her lessons from working in fintechs. Enjoy. Monica, welcome. Hello, Jack. Thank you. It's a pleasure being in the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Let's let, let's start. Um, introduce yourself, Monica. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so I'm Monica, quite energetic person. <laughs> I didn't want to start with, and I do this. So Monica, energetic person, a global citizen and fintecher. I'm now a podcaster too. Uh, I've been working in financial services all my life and for the past eight years I've been focusing on building new banks from scratch so both in the UK and Asia so it's exciting career journey. It is really exciting and 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 take us from like the start of your journey uh, to where you are now obviously you've worked for some some really exciting companies um, and hopefully we can end up talking a bit about uh, big pay and what you're doing over in, in Asia? Yes. Um, so I'm originally from Mexico. So I started my career in a Mexican development bank. Um, I started in product development. Very first job was in product. I then moved to the UK. I did my master's and then I stayed uh, for nine more years. Uh, and I worked for the big, big brands of Visa and Barclay Card. I had multiple roles, but eventually, given that I had already had exposure on product, when I was in Barclays, at some point I was like, hey boss, I want to go back to product. I really enjoyed this. So I did a lateral move and I joined the product team within a big bank. And then sometimes you are just at the right place at the right time and you're well prepared. You say yes to opportunities. So that happened. This is back in 2000, I forgot, 2014, 2015. And then that's when the challenger banks were starting in the UK, the likes of Revolut, Monzo, Starling, Tandem. So basically yeah. I met Ricky Knox, who's the founder of uh, Tandem Bank. And it was a unique opportunity to leave corporate and go and start a new bank from scratch. When back then, I remember Ricky was like, Hey, but uh, basically we don't have a banking license and uh, the Bank of England hasn't given a license in the past, which has given just one license in the past 100 wow. years. So it was risky, but yeah. I thought this is a once in a lifetime experience and that's it. I said yes. Uh, so for the past eight or so years, I've been building uh, digital banks, like startup banks. What they have in common is that they are very purpose driven. So it's building banking for good like so that because like financial stress is one of the biggest struggles that we all have especially now so my like my purpose of being in the industry for the past few years it's basically using my brain and my expertise to contribute to that cause so that then we all have less financial stress but anyways coming back to the story i did a few years in tandem and then um, one day I got a phone call. It's like, hey, opportunity in Asia. I was like, what? <laughs> and then to make the long story short, uh, I ended up moving to Malaysia to help start one of the first uh, challenger neobanks in the region, which now I've been here for almost six years. 
and we are one of the top uh, fintechs in the, at least in the country and we are having international exposure by now so it's mm. been a fascinating journey i've been in the product team since then since my back since my time in barclays i kind of said like i like product and that's it i've been building products since then what is it about product that you like what what part of being a, a, a product owner do you enjoy yeah i think it's multiple things one is you get to build something from a concept to having the thing in your hands and seeing it working but yeah. it's not only just like you do a powerpoint and then you pass it over to someone else like you handhold the baby <laughs> throughout the whole development journey you test it you push it you change it you see it break and then you launch it and then you see it like morph over time so i think that gives a lot of satisfaction being part of the end-to-end -end journey mm. and also Probably I'm a bit, a little bit of a masochist. So I do like the thrill of launching a product. It's like, oh my God, it's so stressful. Ah, but it's so exciting. <laughs> so I like that as well. And uh, from your, from your transition, when you went from Barclays to Tandem, completely, completely different like infrastructure uh, at those companies. How was that move? from going from somewhere which is really established at Barclays to maybe, and I, I don't know this, but maybe at Tandem there maybe wasn't procedures and processes in place that maybe you had to you had to do. Um, how, how was that? Yes, that's a very good question. Um, when I joined Tandem, we were less than 20 people. So oh, wow. it was in the very, very early stages. And I remember, well, I got hired and then, you know, like one of my first few days, weeks, and I, I asked the CPO, so actually, what is my role here? <laughs> you know, it's like, what am I doing? And he said, you are the expert in credit cards. And I was like, no, but that's impossible. I come from a place where we have like thousands of people working just on credit cards wow. and no one is an expert. And he was like, well, here, you're the one that knows the most out of most about it. So here you are and i was like oh my god <laughs> so wow. that was my introduction to the team uh to the start of life and that is true so it's kind of like you don't have a team like when you work in corporate you're used to oh i'll go to this team the other team you have a large team 10 20 people to do a project here it's like mm. you and maybe somebody else so you need to start thinking in a different manner like my brain is good at that. My brain is good at thinking end to end. So that helped. And I'm very structured. So the processes, it helped. So for me to thrive, I love the chaos of a startup, but also there's structure within the chaos, at least in yeah. my mind. And then it's like starting to set the processes is also something I enjoy. And, and going from, I've worked in a corporate before corporate bank so I worked at HSBC so I understand you kind of have a bit of a safety blanket in a way because there's so many people right and then when you go to a company which is so small that safety blanket's gone and and, and you're the one that needs to um you need to deliver right because yes. there's there's um there's dependencies on on your deliverables as well uh, but sometimes that pressure is good yes and that's a very good point because like you cannot hide there's no. nowhere to hide. It's like you, you, 
you cannot hide either it's working or it's not. And it's very obvious. Like you don't have even to wait like for a week, like within two days, you're like, oh, the thing is moving or is not moving. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's super important that the company culture in a startup is such that people can open up and talk about the issues that they are having in the project that they are managing because it has huge impact if they don't, because then timelines are delayed and it's not the same if the timeline is delayed for a few weeks in a big bank versus a startup that's trying to survive. So yeah, company culture is super important. Psychological safety is super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And create an environment where individuals feel like that they, they can be open about their failures. Um, that I guess in a startup, that's super important, right? You need to be okay with failing because it's going to happen and it's a part of growth it's about part of learning um, yes and then you went from you went from tandem to <laughs> jumping on a plane if you want to call it to <laughs> malaysia um what is the differences there because yes you've worked in a startup before challenger bank but you're going to a completely different continent completely different customers um, mm. I've done, I, I used to do some stuff on design thinking, so like having the customer at the heart of all the all of the products. Your customer is completely different now. What yep. was that like? Talk to me about it. Challenging. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is a word. It was challenging. So first, I decided to exactly to close my life in the UK. That was a that was a big deal. I had been already nine years in the UK. You know, I was thinking, oh, maybe a mortgage settling down, the, the other. Um, then this opportunity came up. And I I was thinking, okay, that at that time I was very naive and enthusiastic as well. And I was like, okay, cool. If I help start a new bank in the UK, what am I going to do next? You know, it's like, what's the next big thing that I'm going to do? And this opportunity came up and I was like, oh, this is cool. I go from starting a helping start because that that's a big difference. I was, I'm going from helping start a bank in the UK to now being part of a leadership team, starting a bank from scratch, well, FinTech uh, from scratch yeah. in Asia. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. And the vision was to not be a Malaysia FinTech, but to be a Southeast Asia FinTech. So that drove me a lot. And uh, the founder at the time, he told, he asked me three questions. He was like, are you married? I'm like, no. Do you have any kids? No, most importantly. Do you have a mortgage? I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, just come. Like, there's nothing tying you down to the UK. You can come back anytime. And I was like, okay, hashtag the Asian adventure. <laughs> it was a lot of courage. And that's it. I left. Uh, but for the first three months, probably I cried every day. It was difficult because, like you say, it's a, it's a different, it's the culture shock. I overestimated my ability to cope with change because I was like, oh, I come from a, a startup. I can cope with change. I overestimated that and I'm also quite friendly. So I overestimated my ability to make friends. So when I got here, it was like, oh, <laughs> it mm. is different. Yeah. And I didn't, I think that was key. When I first moved, I didn't have the support network that I had back home. So that made it challenging, but like with anything, you just keep it's going. It's a big move, right? It's a really big move. Um, and like we, we, we have a lot of, candidates that we we interact with and 
similar to what you're saying there, yes, look, you had, if you want to call it no responsibilities in the sense of like family and and, and mortgage and stuff. And sometimes we, we're talking about people coming from the US to London. It's like, well, wait a minute, I've got all my family. What yes. about them? And what about my dog? Or it's a yes. big move, right? It's, it's, it's a, a massive huge change move. in your life. It um, is huge. Yes. And, and what people don't talk about is when you first move, within a week or two or a month or something, you will have this moment of, oh my God, what have I done? I want to go back right now. And that's when you decide whether you want to stay or you want to leave. And it's a very difficult decision. In my case, I was very egocentric and I was like, my big ego was like, no, you cannot go back to the UK and say that it was very tough. You must stay. And look at and you now, kind right? of, Exactly. And now it's been six years and I love it. Um, yeah. You have to go through those tough times to to grow and uh, to be a better version of yourself, in, in, in my opinion. So, so tell us tell us about uh, Big Pay. What, what is it you guys are trying to do? Uh, and, and specifically, what is your role within the organisation? Yes. Uh, so in Big Pay, we are a neobank. We started in Malaysia. Now we are in Singapore. Shortly we'll be in Thailand. So we've grown a lot. I would say we are similar to Tandem. We are a very purpose-driven organization. So we are trying to elevate people's lives one transaction at a time. So what that means is like with every interaction that you have with us, like with the app, with the financial services, it should help you basically achieve either your financial goals or your dreams, right? If it's a, hey, I want to travel, I want to go to Japan, then it's like, how do we help you achieve that as such? And make it pain-free, make it easy. Make it pain-free, make it easy, yes. It's like I elevating like it. everyone, yeah. And 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 your role in the organization, what what is yes. your responsibility? Um, yeah, how do you fit into, in, into that, uh, that organization? Yes. So I've been in product since the very, very beginning within product. Like I've done a little bit of everything with every single product, almost except crypto, but I've been involved with every touch point. I've also had a multiple roles within the organization, within the product organization. Right now, the company has changed. It has matured. So we are not a startup anymore. We're a scale-up. Between product and design, we are a little bit less than 50 people, but that's a large team as such. And then my role right now is ensuring that we have the right product culture and the right training, the right organization, the right leadership to ensure that we can scale. We have have many new people um, in the team in terms of seniority. uh, junior people that are starting mm-hmm. their career. So part of my job is ensuring that I build them up as the product leaders that they want to be. John Barry on the ground, working with people, doing discovery, helping them with Jira's, like I'm on the ground next to them. So it's kind of a little bit of a coaching, uh, guiding, but at the same time, I mean, part of the leadership team working with the CEO and the CEO all the time. So it's a very hybrid Role as you would expect in a startup. Yeah, it's yeah, but well uh, defined. So, how are you finding the the coaching element of of, of the role? I love it. Yeah. I love it. But it's like 
I'm a people's person, but I do say working with people is the most challenging part yeah. because it is very different. I'm great at product, right? So it's like, oh yeah, I'm really good at what I do, but, I, but it's very different to then help someone be really good at product and you cannot force them to understand something. You cannot force them to do anything. Mm. You really need to teach them, influence them, show them how the work that they are doing is helping them grow, show them how, even though it may be a Jira ticket or a very small feature, how that's contributing to the purpose of the company, how they are having impact. So I found, let's say, when I joined the company, I was the head of product of one, right? And then of two and three, and then we were, we grew the team. But it's very different to be the head of product of one than the leader of the 20 people yeah. team or so less than 20 people, but like on that, on that ballpark. And then I've seen, I've grown a lot as a product person, as a manager and as a leader. And as of today, I can tell you, Hey, there's a massive difference between being a manager. That's very easy. And the leader. And the leader. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm, that's my role now learning to be uh, the leader that I wish I've had always. It's that's a skill. My, that's, that's my inner job. Yeah. It's a real big skill. Uh, I've I've always said within my career, every interaction you have with different managers, you either learn from them in a positive way, things that you like that they do, and you'll take them forward, or you'll learn actually there's certain elements that I that I don't like their approach, and you'll take that forward and you'll try to make sure you don't do those things. Um, and now you've got your opportunities. So that's great. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I I love what I do. That is a fact. I do like what I do. It's really important, right? And 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 whilst we're whilst we're sort of talking about um, your role at the moment, I've got a question for you here. What was the biggest lesson that you've learned so far within your professional career? Oh, that's a very broad, <laughs> very very broad question. My biggest lesson. What's the biggest lesson? Well, you just need to be resilient and creative. You will figure it out. That's believe in yourself. Yeah. Have you and, have you ever had a point where you've had a a little bit of imposter syndrome and? Uh, ah, probably I get that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but it's true. It's for example, okay, when I started working in the Thailand project and I joined, you know, we have people in Thailand, they know the market. I don't know the market. And I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to help out? Like, how am I going to add value to this project? I don't know anything about Thailand. And you're like, Aah. but then within two weeks, you're like, oh yeah. Because like, for example, one of the challenges is when it comes specific to the Thailand project, the language is different. So even when they say the names of the banks or the partners, they are names in Thai. So you're like, oh my God, I don't, I feel lost just by not being able to, to say <laughs> the name of the partner because yeah. I forget the names because they are in Thai. <laughs> so during those two to three weeks, you're like, oh my God. And you feel like out of your comfort zone, which is great because then I know 
now I know that I will feel like that with any big project that I take that it's new that I haven't done, but I love that because then within two to three weeks, then you feel like in your flow again. And then in the case of Thai, like, then I can pronounce the names. I may not be able to pronounce them the right way, but I can refer to them for example. So yeah, it's like feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome, I think is great. I think we should um, embrace it because that means that we're growing. Absolutely. Yeah. Some, some, sometimes it's difficult, right? When you're when you're in that period it can feel horrible it can feel tough you want to maybe throw the towel in and you have to get through it and you're, you're stronger for it um thanks for sharing some resilience we'll take that Resilient. forward um yeah. if there's anyone that's looking to get involved within product um what what advice would you would you give them obviously you started off your first role was in product and and you've kind of seen that all the way through um is that imperative um, do you need to do you need to start as a junior and work your way up? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think if you currently work in financial services, well, whichever industry you work, and you want to get into product, the easiest, quote unquote, easiest way to get into it is do a lateral move, because you already know the company. Because if you put yourselves in the eyes of someone who's recruiting, unless you have very specialized knowledge on the product that we're recruiting for if you come i don't know from an mba or another another department within financial services and you're applying for a product role remember that you're competing against all these other people that do have product experience mm. so it will be hard to cut through the noise so that's why i always say that it's easier to do a lateral move within your company why because you already know the company, you know the product, you know your customers, you know the pain points, you already have the context. I just need to teach you how to do product. I don't need to teach you everything else. And you already know the people in the organization. So it's easier to move. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy because it's not easy either, uh, mm -hmm. but it's easier to move. So that's one way. And the other one, if you are not in the industry or you're not into product, sorry, you are not in, yeah, you're not in the industry. Well, right now, online. So it is the, hey, you go and you kind of like study products, study fintech, and then properly network a little bit, either that it's like with hiring managers, with LinkedIn, with your friends, with uh, headhunters, like the industry is huge. To mm. go and talk to people and put yourself out there such that you can have a smart conversation about fintech and a smart conversation about product. Even though you have not done the role, you can show that you have solid understanding of the customer problems, uh, the company problems, how would you do about it? So kind of like start changing your mindset. So for example, what I catch myself doing sometimes, I may be in a shopping mall or a restaurant and I'm like, oh my God, that was such a bad such a bad product experience. <laughs> I, I don't like. I don't like when my brain does that because I'm like, yeah, Monica, shut up, <laughs> you know. But it's like the brain starts thinking product wherever you are. Mm. So I would recommend people to start training the brain to understand what product is about, and then seeing product every like every single thing that we interact with is a product. Every single thing we interact with is a user experience. So start training the brain so that then you can get into it. I think anyone that uh, has worked in customer experience or anything like that, 
naturally I'm the worst for it naturally you just scrutinize anything when it's not a good experience um, but I suppose that, that, that means that you, you care about the end goal which is making sure that the customers at the heart of the product or the journey um, so yeah look thank you for sharing yes thank you thank you for your advice um, so what is one thing that you wish someone told you during your career journey I'm like, these are very difficult questions, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that some, I wish somebody, I think it's, it is important. It is important to look after yourself first. That's, imp that's very important. It's like, Explain. it's not about, yeah. It's not about, you're not building your career. You're not looking for a job. You're building your life. And the more you continue doing a job, whether you like it or you don't, you are going to start creating your identity around that job. So when you put yourself first, you're not putting your work first. Therefore, when stuff happens around career life, that will happen to everyone then your life doesn't crumble because you've had a very solid sense of who you are. You put yourself first, you put your family first, your finances first, your health first, and you did not give everything for work. Mm. So I think that's very important that we start building this idea of do not put your sense of self-worth in what you do. I like it. It's not worth it, is it? I mean, you, you hear these stories sometimes of individuals having to work, I don't know, 12 to 14 hour days, five days a week. It must be it must be tiring, right? And uh, yeah. yeah, I think uh, over the last couple of years, especially from COVID and the, and the outbreak after COVID, uh, awareness of, of your, your mental well-being is definitely more visible now which is which is a positive thing and uh businesses need to make sure that they're taking those uh those actions to make sure they're looking after their teams right because you, anyway, you, you've got a team of roughly 50 people uh that's part of your role as a manager to be making sure that the well-being of your team is good because you don't want anyone to be suffering from burnout um you need to get a balance right and it's a really tough thing to try and get that balance sometimes um but it's definitely a good it's definitely a good lesson. Yes, and I think many of us I've been guilty of that. I put like I think we 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 finish uni, we start our careers and it's like, oh, what's next, 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 next. I went I'm amazing. And next, next, next. And you're at some point you're like, "Ooh, wait. No, you are defining yourself as your job. You're not your job." Mm. And that's very important. Because mm. probably if we if we start talking about that since we start our careers, then the fulfillment that we get in life since very young age will be different. There's many people that hit their late 20s, early 30s, and we go through what's called the quarter of a life crisis because we don't like what we do. So Absolutely. I think there's another way. Thank you. So, so Monica, we've got, a, we've got a bit of a closing tradition here. 
Um, I'd like you to name someone within your network who's really inspired you and tell us why. Yes. Well, I have three people. <laughs> That's okay. And the three of them, yeah, the three of them are uh, the founders of um, Tandem Bank. So that's Ricky Knox, uh, Nick, and Ruth. And I think they were fundamental to my personal development and career development because that's when I changed from Barclays to a startup. And I think what they did for me was like, A, they embraced who I was. Before joining Tandem, I was very self-aware that I was a Latin woman with a bubbly personality in a big bank in the UK, where there was a little bit of, in my brain, there was a little bit of a clash slash difference culture-wise. And with them, that was celebrated. So they always celebrated who I was. And I was passionate about personal development. And they were like, oh, yeah, Monica, the coach. You know, it's like they really celebrated who I was. And they gave me very difficult projects. So when I joined, like I said, it's like <laughs> they told me, well, you're the expert on credit cards. I'm <laughs> like, oh, OK. And then they, I was, I was way younger back then of course <laughs> and then they just gave me the project it's like well your responsibility is to launch credit cards from scratch i was like huh so i got to launch build design like everything like everything end-to-end -end credit cards from scratch and then i remember when i did that at the end i went to nick and i was like oh wow <laughs> you know i did it he was like yeah you can do anything that you want i was like that is cool. But they gave me, gave me, they gave me the project. They gave me the experience. When I said, Ricky, I want to work more with you. I want to get involved with, you know, decision-making, Exco, board, this, the other. Then he brought me as a secretariat of Exco. He brought, he brought me as a secretariat of the board. So he gave me all these opportunities. And not everyone does that for you. So I'm extremely grateful. Uh, but also you, you put yourself out there, right? And you've... Yes. You've taken control of your development as well. This is something I have a conversation with people in, in, in my team. I, um, if, if you want to develop, there's only one person that's really going to push that, and that's yourself. Um, yes. And you obviously took the ball by the horns and you said to these individuals, Look, this is what I want to do. Can you help me with my development? Yes. Oh, that's a very good point. I do that all the time. Like I create my I don't I don't look at work to build a development plan for myself. I build my development plan and I review it every quarter, every six months, and I work on it. So yeah, I'm very driven, self-aware, and then I go and find ways to in which I can develop. For example, and, and it doesn't have to be work. Right now, my focus is exercise, do my 10,000 steps every day. So that's like, that's my development goal at the moment, have more discipline when it comes to exercise because it gives me energy. I feel healthy. I feel better. It helps with my mood. I'm a better leader. So it is also related to work because the yeah. the outcomes of exercising do impact work. But um, yeah, I'm always kind of uh, accountable of my development. I don't I don't put it on the boss. It's always no. on me. You need yeah. to drive it. You need to drive that. Look, look, thank you for sharing. And I suppose also thank you to the uh, founders at, at Tandem for <laughs> creating Monica <laughs> for molding Monica <laughs>
Thank well, you, look, Monica, that, yeah. that brings us to the end of the podcast. I'd like to say a massive thank you to yourself. Really enjoyed the conversation and I'm wishing you all the best for, for your future in big pay or whatever, whatever brings you in the future. Thank you, Jack. Likewise, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you.